Running a successful podcast show with the two mm-hmm. best co-hosts any guy could ever ask for. Living the dream. How are you doing, James? Uh, I'm doing great. Because I just flew in last night. <laughs> Not tired After, at all. <laughs> and boy, his, his ar- are his arms tired? <laughs> After a successful weekend of us recording... At the Crescent Hotel in Eureka yes. Springs, Arkansas. That was awesome. America's most haunted hotel. Yes. But that's so, a sneak preview. Uh-huh. Yes. Valley that we are quickly approaching. We're in <laughs> we're in the home stretch, people. Yeah. <laughs> Season three is coming to an end. We gotta go out with a bang. A biggity oh, biggity yeah. bang. But we're not there yet, kitties. We got a few more episodes to go. And of course, lucky us, James is going to be hosting two of them. But first, what's everybody drinking today? Water. I'm drinking the penguin. That doesn't look like like the penguin. Well, it's not the Batman penguin. Yeah, that's that's copyright. Just so so (laughs) cyberpunk looking badass going by the name of the penguin. Does he but just the sound, penguin? Does he just sound like Bane? But he's just like. So the the penguin is a whiskey barrel aged stout, inspired by Moose Tracks ice cream. Well, okay, it is then. delicious. I don't moose know tracks. what Moose Tracks is. I don't know either. I've never had Moose Tracks ice cream, and now that I've had this beer and it's delicious, like I want to, I want to get introduced to some Moose Tracks. Okay then. Also, James. I'm noticing a, you're wearing a really cool shirt. You want to tell our yeah. peeps about it? Yeah. If if, uh, if you ever see the video up on the YouTubes one day, you'll see that I've got a little Podcast of Horrors t-shirt. Woohoo! You and can get one too. You could be just like us. We have <laughs> merch like now. <laughs> we got freaking merch. We got some swag. If people still say swag. I don't know. <laughs> I don't we know. got it. Are those kids <laughs> saying swag? What are these kids are saying these days? Is it drip now? I have no idea. I'm too old too. <laughs> drip? Little podcast of horrors. Little podcast of horrors.com. We got a store there now. Not just t-shirts. We got we got various kinds of stuffs. You want a coffee mug? We got you. You want a beer glass? We got you there too. Or if you're if you're fancier, you we also have wine glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come and get it. Kind of a little wine of horrors. So now you can support the show while looking fashionable. That's right. So get on there and get some stuff. Anyway, you didn't answer your own question, Chris. What are you drinking? Oh, nothing. I just had a big glass of milk. And that's milk. It, <laughs> it does a body good. I'm a growing boy. I need my bones big and strong <laughs> for all my listeners out there. I don't want to know. <laughs> you you don't want to know about how to fight osteoporosis? Milkman does a body good. Body good. Okay. So, <laughs> and now on with the show. Go for it, James. So we're starting today a part one of a three-parter. Ooh. Need this little season out before our season finale closes everything. So to recap previous episodes of this season, we talked about the Ark of the Covenant. We talked about how the Ark of the Covenant may have been a death laser. Pew pew death lasers. And (laughs) then... The following episode, 
We talked about how the Ark of the Covenant could have been a power generator for the Pyramid of Giza. Remember that? Huh? I do. And I'm then the close of the episode. I'm top of the class. Good, good job. A plus. You get a star for paying attention to your own co-host. Yeah. So then we pl- we we be, be, be. we closed the Giza episode with a little mention of a certain famous scientist who was fascinated with the pyramids and how they could have been used to generate power. And scientist Albert Einstein. No. Damn. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Is it Sir Isaac Newton? No. Thomas Edison. Son of a bitch. Ouch. Edison. Ooh. He had a sore spot there. I'm just kidding. So we're it's talking Ni- about Nikola Tesla. We're talking about Nikola Tesla. Uh oh. Rivalry. Now, y'all probably already know a bit about Nikola, Nikola Tesla his wireless energy and his feud with Edison and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about none of that. Nothing. That, that's that's, you, that's it, the boring stuff. Everybody if, knows If that. you were here for that, you're in the wrong damn place. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're going to be talking about the secrets of Nikola Tesla that the rest of the world doesn't know about. Only Until us. Until now. Only us. <laughs> Just the little podcast of horrors. And we maybe the author of the book who we're referencing. <laughs> yeah, and maybe and maybe and maybe him too. So, but other than that, ju- but mostly just us because we're in tight with Tesla. I mean, and we're yeah. like this, even though he's a he's a dead guy. Yep, yep. But it doesn't stop us. Rose before death. <laughs> we use this. We use the psychomantium and summon him. To communicate with him. Throw exactly. back to the last episode. Tune in to that one. <laughs> you see that we have continuity now. <laughs> Look how far we've come. Oh, we're big time now. That's what that means. All right, guys. So, so here's the deal. We're closing out the season, and before we hit the grand finale at the Crescent, we're gonna these three episodes leading up to it. You know, my stuff is usually weird, but uh, I figured with this being the, the last stretch, we're gonna go a little bit extra. We're gonna go balls to the freaking wall with some crazy. Balls on the walls, the ceiling, the rafters, getting those balls up in there. It's an orgy of balls. It's an orgy of Tesla balls. That is definitely not the direction I was going with that. Death lasers. (laughs) So yeah, we're going a bit extra. So basically, so here's how it's going to go down. We're going to be learning about Tesla's secret journals that have been lost to history and time. And the secrets that Tesla had recorded in them that the rest of the world hasn't known about. The source of these secrets is going to be uh, an author by the name of Tim R. Swartz. Specifically, uh, these these first two episodes are going to be referencing his book entitled The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla. And we will put a link in the show notes so you can find the book if you want to read it yourself. So first two episodes, we're going to cover the parts of the book that are pertinent to the topics of these episodes. But you might remember, I said this was going to be a three-parter, right? I did, didn't I? Guess what? Mm -hmm. Guess what? After we talk about the book, the third episode, we're going to talk to the author. Nikola Tesla. We're going to do that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No. Oh, we're not. Oh my! We're not going to do. Um, we're not going to leverage the psychomantium to interview Nikola Tesla. <laughs> the production costs for that kind of episode are a little, a little much. Aww. Instead, but I bought a new we, mirror and everything. Well, you can still hop dimensions through it. <laughs> oh, cool! So instead, we're going to talk talk to the author of the book that I just referenced, Tim R. Swartz. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Tim's been a. Uh, of course, we'll we'll cover his resume more in depth when we get to the episode. But he's been on the on the History Channel. He's done Ancient Aliens. He's on. He's been on Coast to Coast. All that kind of jazz. He's got he he's got the the creds, if you will. Quite a resume. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, we will be covering his book in quite some depth uh, over these next two episodes, over this episode, and the next one, before we talk to him proper. Now, disclaimer time. We won't be having Nikola Tesla. <laughs> Uh, thank you. We're done. Despite Thanks. what Chris said. <laughs> <laughs> no, the disclaimer, we're going to be talking about, so we're going to be getting into some conspiracy land. 
some some little bit of a some government cover-ups, if you will. Conspiracy land. It's a fun place to visit. They've got turkey legs made of. Is it turkey or is it? Something amazing theme park. Something else. <laughs> turkey legs. <laughs> so so. Go ride Area 51 the ride and then immediately be swept into a black van and you're never seen again. <laughs> Conspiracy land. Get your tickets today or don't and live. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about some government conspiracies, if you will. Now, conspiracies are fun and all. I love me some conspiracies. I mean, they you got some juicy conspiracies out there, if you, if you know what I'm saying. But um, they're they're fun. They're fun to chase down or the rabbit holes and see see what kind of twists and turns they take you. But uh, if you recall from our Darkest Sledge interview, you know we we talked about what, what he. I, I like how he referred to conspiracy comorbidity morbidity comorbid conspiracies, if you will. You know, like he was saying, there you don't just find a guy's like I believe the Atlantis exists. That's my one thing. It's like. If you believe one of them, like you're whole hog into like a list of 50 different conspiracies, you got your chin full hat and the whole nine yards. But we talked about in that episode. Think about, you know, Chase's conspiracy theories is if you get a little, if you buy into them a little too much, you get in a little too deep, you, you let it, you, you let it take over your life a bit. You know, things can get a little bit dark and some people can get hurt and you can, you can do some damaging stuff to your life. So don't, don't do that. We're just having a fun time here. Okay. For entertainment uh, pers- purposes only. <laughs> and I'm not saying all conspiracies are bunk either. I don't know. I'm just saying if you're if you're going to look after the truth, you're listed to the wrong dang podcast. We're just here to go down the rabbit hole and have a good time. There are Bullshit some only. <laughs> there, th- you know, I actually have lines when it comes to conspiracies that I'm like, do not cross. Like it's like. If you think the 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 moon landings were fake, we're not gonna get along. Or if you think the Earth is flat, I mean, we're not gonna get along. But if you think Bigfoot's real, I don't know. I mean, if you believe that, that's fine. But just don't I mean, go storm Washington over it. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> and don't get in the great Buzz Aldrin's face and call him a coward and stuff. Because that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Just yeah, just chill, man. Be chill. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna be the guy that that unravels it all. Okay, no, just. just and you know, again, I'm not I'm not shooting down all conspiracies. You know, sometimes sometimes they happen. Remember Nixon? That was a yeah. conspiracy, right? That yeah, mm-hmm. it happens. True. Is Elvis still alive? Of... Is Elvis still alive? Maybe. Absolutely. Uh, maybe. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here, Christina. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just telling you. So when we get into some fun conspiracy theory land here, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know if it's legit. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Yeah. That's not what we're concerned with here today. No, it's not. <sighs> we're here to have fun and discuss ideas and possibilities and have laughs. Unless it's so, like unless it's like a really downer episode and we're talking about like someone's old crowd. Oh, this ain't no going to be a downer. I guarantee One of my that. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so so this this book that we're talking about. Um, so, you know, we're 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 us. The show is what we do. We're gonna have some, we're gonna have some laughs as we go down this rabbit hole of crazy. But that said, I, I want to to give credit where it's due because this book treats the topic seriously. And uh, what what Tim did here, I think rather impressively, is uh, he just. I'm assuming I'm going to find out when we talk to him that, you know, he went, he went out and talked to people and found out, you know, their sides of the story and whatnot and collected everything that he could from everybody he could get in touch with and put together a rather impressive book telling these people stories. And what I like about Tim's approach to this book is he doesn't, as far as I could tell, you don't get any sense of the author's own opinion. He just tells mm-hmm. you what, what, what he encountered and what he knows about him. And it's, and I, I was I, I prefer those kind of books. Like leave, leave it to me to figure out what I'm buying and what I'm not. Yeah, I like those too. So our episode's gonna be in the same vein, even though we're gonna be cracking a lot of jokes about it. The the the, the book is an excellent book. I think Tim did a fantastic job on it. And because of after reading that book, I'm buying more of Tim's books. Like his latest book that just came out this year is uh Mimics The Others Among Us. Yeah, I wanna read that. I'm gonna I'm be definitely diving into that. about that. 
that's my kind of crazy right there. I'm kind of scared that's going to give me nightmares. All right. All right. Let's get on with this show. So our little part one here is going to begin, in fact, where the story ends, which is at Nikola Tesla's death right after. So Nikola Tesla in his final years was uh, not a rich man. He did not have a home to his name, and he was uh, basically living one hotel at a time. He's kind of rotating hotel from hotel, getting by as he could. So when he died, uh, his last residence, uh, I say with finger quotes, was a hotel. So what happened immediately upon his death is the military, the government, if you will, confiscated boxes and boxes of his research and his writings. More specifically, the FBI asked, they requested that the United States Office of Alien Property come in and seize two truckloads. That's two loaded trucks. Wait, there's two truckloads of, of his belongings from the Hotel New Yorker after he died on January 7th, January 7th of 1943. Go ahead, Chris. There's an office of alien, what did you say? Alien property. Alien property? Like, that's the OAP, didn't you know? Like, no. It's just like, <laughs> we've confiscated your property, ET. It's ours now. You they have an the impound lot. It's like, yeah, this is an impound lot of like lot full of UFOs. <laughs> Little ET can't phone home because they confiscated the phone. It's like, I'm sorry, your, your UFO's parking meter was expired. You missed your last payment. <laughs> Tough luck, pal. <laughs> so, yeah, the Office of Alien Property, which apparently is a was slash is a thing, uh, they they came at the FBI's request to haul out boxes of Tesla's stuff. So this particular haul, these two truckloads, uh, this haul was added to what they already had, which was nearly 30 barrels and bundles that have been sitting around in storage since the 1930s. So a lot of Tesla stuff. Yeah. All of this stuff was ordered to be sealed by the OAP. That being the Office of Alien Property, if you've already forgotten. I hope there's like a like a Janine lady that answers the phones. It's like, it's like Ring! Office of Alien Properties. How can I direct <laughs> your call? Yeah, there's a flying saucer parked down the street whose uh, meter expired like hours ago. We're already on it. <laughs> so, so you might you're probably wondering why is why is the office of alien property all interested in Tesla stuff? Tesla, Tesla was playing around with like wireless energy. What, what's he got to do with alien? Well, the thing is that uh, all this trouble started because Tesla's knowledge was in high demand, not just in the U.S. but across the globe. Everybody, everybody wanted in on them Tesla notes, including Germany. Oh, they want everything. I remember. <laughs> this is the, 19, the 1940s Germany. <clears throat> yeah. So in fact, the Germans had already stolen some stuff. After like, all, like they do. Explains how they were able to build the Nazi flying saucer. What? <laughs> so anyway, the U.S. recovered. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! He just skated right <laughs> over that. <laughs> Nazi flying saucers. It's just like we're coming across mm -hmm. the lands. And we have flying saucers with death grace. Zip. It's all that thought. We're going to be talking about them in the second episode. Teaser. Wow. All right. Noted. But I'm just saying, and it's it's obvious that that's how they had Nazi flying saucers. Is they had, they had stolen Tesla's notes. You gotta put two and two together. Also, uh, just for our listeners, in all seriousness, just to make sure that we're clear on distinction here. When we're making jokes about the Germans at this time, we're not talking about Germans. We're talking about the Nazis. Thank because you. I was are, thinking of the same thing, Chris. They are very, <laughs> two separate things. The German people are amazing people. Germany is an amazing country, whereas the Nazis can go fuck themselves. Continue. As someone of German heritage, I, I appreciate. Yes. <laughs> I am a Ducker van Dukes. I have some German friends who probably would never appreciate it. Saying some of that, so I'm glad you made the distinction because I was thinking the Nazi. 
really the Nazis. Sorry, I was thinking in the context of 1943. So. Yes, I have <laughs> a friend. Thank you for I, making the distinction. <laughs> I have a friend from Germany too. Uh, <clears throat> so hope she hope she listens. And uh, hello, Sara. <laughs> All right, continue, so, James. So so Germany had stolen some stuff, and uh, since then, by this point in time that our story opens, the U.S. had already recovered some of those stolen files uh, via Project Paperclip. So, newspapers from the time of Tesla's death speculated a bit, and they had speculated that over, their guesstimate was that over a dozen large boxes, aside from what had been confiscated, all right, about a dozen large, large boxes had not yet been found by anybody and remained lost. Oh. So there's just some boxes <laughs> in Nikola Tesla's research just out there somewhere. Maybe to this day. Even more material was lost because uh, Tesla was always in debt. That was a, that was a big problem for him, mm-hmm. especially later in life. Uh, as I said, he lived from one hotel to the next. And um, because uh, a lot of his hotel stays ended abruptly, he would often abandon entire boxes of his stuff. And then the upon leaving that hotel, the hotel would just auction it off. Oh, wow. So who knows who out there may yet have some undiscovered knowledge of Nikola Tesla. Have you checked eBay? I haven't. <laughs> ne- neither have I checked Craigslist. Is That's Craigslist, probably the place to go. Is Craigslist still a thing? You know, I was just thinking that. I think so. Go to craigslist.com and see. I'm half surprised that eBay is still a thing at this point. All right. I still get stuff on there sometimes. <clears throat> so at this point, our first character of significance enters the story. A certain Dale Alfrey. So the year is now 1976. It's been a couple of decades. A gentleman by the name of Michael P. Borns, who was a Manhattan bookseller, croaked off. He done died. And uh, we only mentioned him because um, after this Manhattan bookseller died, uh, he, at this point, happened to be in possession of some of Tesla's papers. You know, it's just, like I said, it's been a couple of decades. Things have passed hands through auctions, and he, he had some stuff. So, yeah, those papers are auctioned off upon during this guy's estate sale. So our boy, Dale Alfrey, shows up, and he buys... Uh, these four boxes for $25 on a whim. Wow. Right? Good whim. He doesn't know what's in the mm-hmm. boxes. So this is like, you know, if, if, if you're familiar with Woot, Woot.com, like you would, they sometimes sell their bag of what they call a bag of crap. And you just buy the bag <laughs> and you don't know what's in it until you get it. You don't know what <laughs> might be in it. It might be some old Nintendo 64 games. Might be Nikola Tesla's lost notes. I mean, exactly. up. This is basically the same thing. So it's like, okay, I'll buy I'll buy these four boxes of indistinct whatevers for 25 bucks, and we'll see what's inside. I like that sense of adventure. Right? Okay, so so again, he has no idea what's in the boxes. He has no idea who the boxes were associated with. So later on, he finally gets around to going through the boxes, and lo and behold, there's Tesla's lab docs, his laboratory documents, and his personal notes. Oh, wow. So he Good starts time. reading that stuff, and keep in mind, this is 76. Um, if I'm not mistaken, people older than me confirm, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be born for another handful of years. But, uh, you know, at this point, Nikola Tesla isn't really that big, a huge popular name yet. So he's going through Tesla's notes and stuff, and he thinks, you know, Dale here thinks he's just he's just found the notes of some sci-fi writer. And dismisses it as that and nothing more. So having no idea what he has and what he's been looking through, he stashes all these these boxes down in his damp basement. And over the next stretch of however long time they sat there, uh, the ink would fade from the pages and mildew would form on the stuff. Well, that's no good. But uh, further down the road later in Dell's life, he came back and, you know, once he realized uh, who Tesla actually was and what he had, uh, he, he went back to those four boxes in the basement and he worked on, uh, he went through all of them and worked on trying to restore them 
And as he was going through them a page at a time and working on the restoration, he was shocked by the contents of what he found. Well, I thought you said shot. No, I thought he, he was, I thought he's just let He was like, shocked. Random, he was surprised. He was taken C- aback. Random CIA agents like, hold on, those look like Nikola Tesla's notes. <laughs> can't be seen in those. Good thing I've got my trusty sniper rifle I got from Conspiracy Land. <laughs> <laughs> it was a buy, buy two, get one free sale. <laughs> so yeah, these are... Uh, he he now realizes that these these uh these documents he has been he's been looking through are detailing Tesla's secret life. His secret life? Yes. As a porn star? Yeah, like <laughs> if only. Oh, Could all... you imagine like what the, the, the theme would be? We all remember the classic tickle the Tesla. Tickle the Tesla's <laughs> testicles. Part part four. <laughs> In the adult section of conspiracy land. <laughs> in the adult cons- in the adult section of conspiracy land. So it's funny you said what you did, Chris. Because in oh shit, fast- it was. Oh god. <laughs> fast forward a couple more decade decades. It's 1997. At this point, Dale realizes there's gaps in the four bo- in the journals that he has. The four boxes worth of them. So he starts. It's it's the late. It's the mid to late 90s, right? He starts asking around the internet. This is the olden days internet, right? Hopping on his dial-up modem. The good old some, days back in... Some back AOL forums. Some users insert the dial tone. IRC <laughs> chat rooms. Whatever whatever it is he was getting into there. You've got mail. Well, September 97. He's been asking about the interwebs for a while now. September 1997. He receives a call from this, game, from this guy named Jay... Kowski expressing interest. So this is the first, I, I had presumed the first phone call he got of, of genuine interest in the boxes starts having a little telephone chat. The phone line dies and he hears a knock at the door. So quoting Dale, when I went to answer the front door, I found it already open with three men standing in the foyer and the, the, the guy standing in front, you know, the, the front man of the 30, uh, he simply says, the door was open. I hope you didn't mind that we let ourselves in. See, this is why I would just always be naked. Always, forever. So <laughs> I could be like, not at all. Come on in. <laughs> Dude, get thrown in that black van. <laughs> Let's tickle the testes. So, Dale described um, the, the three men as wearing black suits with white shirts underneath and black ties. I was about to say black ties. <gasps> Black ties. Uh, in his words, they looked just like undertakers. All three men were the same height. All three men sported the same short haircut with odd bangs, bangs, if you will, covering their foreheads. Yeah, men with bangs, kind of weird. <laughs> it was the 70s, man. <laughs> and all three men. Had the oh. same unnaturally tan skin you said it as if they gosh. had used bottle tanner it's not the 70s you said it's 1997 i'm sorry yeah well i mean the 90s were weird too have you they seen were. 90s fashion i was there <laughs> you know in fact there. in fact you know what else came out in 1997 i just looked it up no, don't say it don't say it don't say it don't say oh, it. okay okay but you know what okay not that then do you know what else was happening in September of 1997? <laughs> James that? and I were starting our senior year in high school. And that's extremely important to absolutely nobody. It has nothing <laughs> to do with this episode at all. Please continue. <laughs> I just want, I'm just wasting everybody's time. So these three, these three men that just show up in the door, uh, they first offered to buy the boxes, but, um, they quickly changed their tone once Dale refused the offer. Now, quoting, quoting the men, according to Dale's recollection, it's no use, you know. We're going to get those boxes, no matter what you do. You can't stop us. It would be much easier for you and your family if you just gave us what we want. People have disappeared forever over much less than this. Oh my god. Really? I would hate 
to see this happen to you or your wife and kids. And that's the end of the discussion. The three immediately turn around and leave. Not, not the word spoken. <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, okay, deal. Deal, come back. What? <laughs> Write me a check. I don't care. You're good for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think that was kind of funny. It's like you you make this looming threat to give me the boxes, and then don't then you just walk out? It's like, what? Did, did you want the boxes? <laughs> I'm immediately relocating and selling my house to get the fuck out of there. So, as, as Chris just said, he would do. Um, you know, Dale looking back at this is like, you know, why why don't you just immediately chase these guys after the house? But uh, Dell remembers. That uh, he, for a moment, felt like he was in a trance and he was unable to speak. So he was just kind of standing there dumb, dumbfounded as they just walked away. He snapped out of that as soon as they left. So he runs out the door after them. They're nowhere in sight. In fact, now that he's standing outside his front door, the entire neighborhood is bizarrely quiet without so much as a bird chirping. Turns around. Comes back into his house. The boxes are gone. Now, what's particularly interesting about this is the, where the room that he had the boxes in were in the back of the house, and there was no secondary entrance. There was no other entrance into that room from another part of the house or from out, elsewhere outside the house. They would have had to come through the front door and go in and get those boxes, and they obviously didn't. But the boxes were gone nonetheless. So Dell wouldn't learn until sometime later that he had, he had encountered the men in black. He neuralized him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is funny, because it does happen to coincide with when the movie came out. 1997, which I almost <gasps> ruined. Oh. It would have been funnier if, like, as they were leaving, they're like, we'll get those boxes one way. Or another, and then the theme song just starts. The and they have a black. dance number right there, <laughs> and they just dart dancing. They, he's got his, he's got his two, you know, dancers right behind him. I, that's all I see now. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> okay, so let's go back in time now. We've set the stage with with what happened in in '97. So now, now let's let's talk about Tesla himself. And uh, so, so the book, Tim's book, talks a lot about what what has been recovered of these lost journals and what we've learned from them, noting that there's still a lot out there still lost and yet to be learned from. And uh, again, and, and by the way, I'm going to be kind of scratching the surface of the book, despite covering it in two episodes, this covers a lot of stuff. So there's a lot I'm leaving out. So if you want the whole juicy shebang, pick up the book. I highly recommend it. All right. That said, now that we've set the stage for what happened in more recent history, let's uh, let's dive into some of what we learned about Tesla himself from some of these journals since. So this chapter of the story begins in Colorado Springs. J.P. Morgan has financed a building, uh, in fact, a building to serve as a laboratory in Colorado Springs. Uh, and the building's furnished with a bunch of high-voltage radio transmission equipment, per Tesla's request. So Tesla, via Morgan's backing, has built this 200-foot tower for the purpose of transmitting and receiving radio radio waves. Of course, that's not a secret to anybody. That's That's standard Tesla history. So at first... The signals he starts receiving through this 200-foot tower are merely rhythmic sounds, uh, Morse code-like, if you will. Nothing intelligible. So far, nothing of interest. Just some, just some beeping, or whatever it sounds like. I'm gonna go beeping. He's gonna go beeping. Beepity beep beep beep. <laughs> but in time, Tesla would start observing electrical activity that appeared to be reminiscent of intelligent signals. Specifically, periodic changes would occur uh, with such a frequency. And by frequency, I don't mean radio rays, by numbers of recurrence. Okay? Like, it happened a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it occurred with such a number, of with, it occurred frequently enough that Tesla could no longer uh, assign them to your typical run-the-mill boring causes. 
So specifically in 1899, Tesla intercepted his first extraterrestrial communication. <gasps> oh, yes. Not just any extraterrestrials. They were ordering pizza, weren't they? Ashtar even, ordering pizza? Even better. Okay. <laughs> they were secretly controlling mankind. <gasps> is it lizard people? I was about to say, is it the lizard people that we talked about <laughs> a long time ago? <gasps> we going back to season one? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know about lizard people. This is, this is, this is aliens. Okay. You, gotta, you gotta get your 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 creepy otherworldly being straight, man. <laughs> I mean, like interdimensional. It's still kind of it's like interdimensional, but they were like controlling us through like bad vibes. Remember that? Yeah, yeah I remember. But these are aliens. Bad these, these are aliens controlling us from this dimension, just elsewhere in it. So um, Tesla actually was uh, recorded speaking about this in an article entitled "Talking with the Planets" in the publication Collier's Weekly. In March of 1901. So here are the words straight out of Tesla's mouth to quote. As I was improving my machines for the production of intense electrical actions, I was also perfecting the means for observing feeble efforts. It was in carrying on this work that for the first time I discovered those mysterious effects which have elicited such unusual interest. I had perfected the apparatus referred to so far that from my laboratory in the Colorado mountains, I could feel the pulse of the globe, as it were, noting every electrical change that occurred within a radius of 1,100 miles. I observed something possibly of incalculable consequences to mankind. I felt as though I were present at the birth of a new knowledge or the revelation of a great truth. My first observations positively terrified me, and I was alone in my laboratory at night. But at that time, the idea of these disturbances being intelligently controlled signals did not yet present itself to me. The changes I noted were taking place periodically and within such a clear suggestion of number and order that they were not traceable to any cause known to me. I was familiar, of course, with such electrical disturbances as are produced by the sun, aurora borealis, and earth currents. And I was as sure as I could be of any fact that these variations were due to none of these causes. The nature of my, experiment, of my experiments precluded the possibility of the changes being produced by atmospheric disturbances, as has been rashly asserted by some. It was some time afterward when the thought flashed upon my mind that the disturbances I had observed might be due to an intelligent control. Although I could not decipher their meaning, it was impossible for me to think of them as having been, having been entirely accidental. The feeling is constantly growing on me that I had been the first to hear the greeting of one planet to another. A purpose was behind these electrical signals. Chills. That's from, that's from the man himself. Yeah. By the way, I just realized upon reading that, is it laboratory or laboratory? Because I notice when I talk about it in, in normal conversation, I say laboratory. Oh, I went to the laboratory to do me some science. But if I'm reading some like, <laughs> far-fetched like heavy duty science stuff that thing's a freaking laboratory it's i think that makes total sense it's tomato tomato <laughs> it's it's all in how you want to present uh, uh pronounce it i think the pronunciation depends on the level of science being done i think you're right yeah if it's mad science it should be laboratory yes <laughs> dr dr frankenstein doesn't go to his laboratory he doesn't go to the lab. He goes to his laboratory. Crashing <laughs> lightning coal. So that was a lot of big words I just dumped on you, right? Tesla's mm -hmm. Tesla's a smart dude. He uses he uses the big words. He does. He dumped those words, dollar words. right on your face. <laughs> he did. It spilled all over. Okay. So what he was saying. He's <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> Help. <laughs> 
what he was saying was essentially that aliens or marshals uh, in the slang of the day had been on Earth for centuries. And they were controlling events and people in order to direct our evolution in the way they desired. Wait, hold up. There was a 19th century slang word for aliens and it was marshals? Yes, I am also fascinated by this. Yeah. It's them damn marshals again. It's <laughs> the first I'd ever heard of this term. It's also what they call like law enforcement. So like some, no, no, crimi- no, 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 some no. criminals no. are like, the marshals are here. Is it the ones with the badges or the ones with the with the flying saucers? <laughs> no, not Marshall M-A-R-S-H. Marshall M-A-R-T-I-A-L. I've never heard that before. That's yeah, interesting. So, so we learned something new today, didn't we? Aww. Uh, some ye old slang, if you will. Knowledge is power. Yay. So um, not only had these aliens been directing our evolution for a long time, they put us here to begin with. Yeah. So at this point, uh, Tesla's kind of freaked out. He, he thinks this is kind of this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts gathering uh, a group of secret benefactors to fund what becomes the battle to regain control of humanity from the extraterrestrials. He constructed the League of Extraordinary Scientists. Yes, to meet this like- in the laboratory. I just like that Tesla is basically, I guess, uh, calling together his Avengers or something. Yeah, to fight the to fight the aliens. Did you say the- benefactors though? Yes, so it's basically oh. his Avengers of rich people to give him money. Well, I was about to say, is this is this actually a con? Was Nikola Tesla a con? <laughs> <laughs> if so, he wasn't good at it. <laughs> so, um, among his benefactors was uh, corporate John Jacob Astor, only worth mentioning, mentioning because he was the owner of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Yeah. Oh. And I'm not going to ruin something that I don't know if you're going to go there about what happened to John Jacob Astor. No, that's my only mention of him. So go for it. Oh, he went <laughs> down with the Titanic. That's right. <gasps> yeah. He oh. was the, John Jacob Astor was the richest man on the Titanic. His wife, Madeline, survived. She was pregnant with his child. His body was actually recovered. Uh, and if I recall, he even had like, I don't know, a couple of hundred dollars cash in his in his, in his his pocket. But yeah, yeah, he went, he he died on the Titanic. Well, oh. he was one of the main financiers between the battle to against the aliens. So, all right, well. Is that why the Titanic? Started? I was about to say the aliens took out the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Was it? The, it was the UFO made up to look like an iceberg. Coincidence? I think not. not. Hard-hitting facts right here. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's jump forward to 1918. So at this point, Tesla has improved his device. So now it can receive actual voice transmissions that weren't human. <gasps> so I'm going to resume Quoting Tesla, the sounds I am listening to every night at first appear to be human voices conversing back and forth in a language I cannot understand. I find it difficult to imagine that I am actually hearing real voices from people not of this planet. There must be a more simple explanation that has so far eluded me. Fast forward again to 1925, and uh, we have another quote from Tesla. I am hearing more phrases in these transmissions that are definitely not English, French, and German. If it were not for the fact that the frequencies I am monitoring are unusable for terrestrial radio stations, I would think that I am listening to people somewhere in the world talking to each other. This cannot be the case, as these signals are coming from points in the sky above Earth. You're giving me chills. Tesla's giving you chills. He's giving me chills. <laughs> He's giving you the tickling Teslas. <laughs> Tesla. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it, you. I mean, I'm trolling my hair, too. 
know you had a crush on Nicola. Hey, stop! You're making me blush. Real quick, did they did they mention the other benefactors other than Aster? Because I want to see if there's a theme now. Yeah, no, I I don't I I don't know the other benefactors. It was just that particular one of note that's one you can look up christopher (laughs) or you can ask tim when we interview him (gasps) yes Yes. so tesla and remember when he was alive uh this be later in his life so it's 1940s 30s at the earliest uh consider what wasn't a topic at the time yet tesla learned by listening to these aliens talking back and forth he learned early on of climate change via the voices of these hostile ets but he couldn't understand them. Uh, don't worry about that. Somewhere in there, <laughs> he learned the language. Okay. Well, I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure how he. Maybe I missed something in the book. I need to go back. I, I'm not really sure how he ended up figuring out what they were saying. But the way this is going, there are things probably... in episode two that may shine a light on that. He probably developed okay. his own version of Duolingo. And like had like four hundred weeks straight of doing the practices and figured out their language. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. At this point, (laughs) I wouldn't either. The next episode, we're going to learn about how he went about inventing stuff that could shine some light on that. All right, do. But 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 at the time, this was referred to as global warming or the greenhouse effect. Uh, And um, that aside, Tesla also wrote in his journals, these secret lost journals. That the voices belonged to men from other worlds, aliens, if you will, who had lived on prehistoric Earth, as I had learned, as I alluded to earlier, or as the kids like to say in 1900, marshals, marshals. So uh, these aliens had developed technology to colonize nearby space, including Mars and including moon bases. Oh. Remember, there's that whole dark side. We don't As I see, the dark there's, side. The moon the is kind of weird, right? So yeah, it's got it's got some alien colony bases on it. Freaking weird moon. <laughs> so yeah, we so they it. they did, so what I'm saying is they developed that technology and then ditched Earth because like now they could go to Mars, they can set a base on Moon. You know, they're 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 moving on to greater frontiers, but they deemed Earth a nature preserve, so they. <laughs> <laughs> these bu- these bunch of homo sapiens we're gonna call it a nature reserve as they get older and i don't know build cities and live in trailer parks Des- and eat destroy food. it it's a good <laughs> place to visit every now and then take some walks we're just a zoo so 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 yeah they, they deem earth a nature preserve and leave behind remnants of themselves who were our early ancestors tesla understood this all to mean that they were reseeding the earth with intelligent hominids, aka us. So this could be why so many UFO reports include human-like aliens. Mm. There are cousins. Okay. I'm on board. All right. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a tangent real quick because it's interesting. So fast forward to the 1970s. There's a book... And then a TV program associated with said book, both of which are created by uh, uh, Leslie Watkins, David Ambrose, and Christopher Miles that expands upon what Tesla has been talking about here. So real quick, this this TV show, the book, whatnot, talk about a secret joint U.S. and USSR program that sent astronauts to Mars in 1962. They discover intelligent life. Who are observing us and they're interacting with humans here on planet earth or and they find out through the aliens earth is dying due to natural and man-made pollutants so uh after all this little uh get together with the aliens the we come up with three possible solutions to the problem alternative one stop all pollution immediately and blow two holes in the ozone layer this will kill everyone via UV rays by causing skin cancer. <laughs> I guess we didn't go with that one. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder what kind of gathering this was. <laughs> We're sitting in the Martian bar, right? And and Gorlark over here has got some ideas. The Marshall's bar. 
the Marshall's bard, you know, and he's just like, oh, <clears throat> all right. I, I got three possibilities. One, stop all pollution. And then when you do, we say, fuck it. Skin cancer. <laughs> but that's that'll that'll kill everybody. Who cares? You're blowing holes in the ozone lids. Fun. We do it all the time back home. Alternative two, immediately dig underground and build cities for world leaders, the wealthy, and select scientists. Everyone else dies. Okay, I'm sitting here. They chose that one. (laughs) This is definitely some drunk alien asshole. (laughs) Say, all right, here's another one. You don't like that one? Fine. The people in the ground, like, like little hamsters, right? And just dig, 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 dig. They gotta have money, you know, because we don't like poor people. <laughs> yeah, the capitalist aliens. Because we're the we're the GOP Martians. Make Mars great again, <laughs> and then kill everybody else. And finally, alternative three. Something tells me that people are going to die in alternative three too. <laughs> <laughs> the elites escape via spaceships oh my god oh hi why, elon why do they want the elite so bad they're really not that smart I, i'm telling you they're like <laughs> we like the elite we like rich people i don't like i don't like our our people we hate them like, damn so the elite escape via spaceships to the moon was with some ordinary folks along for the ride because some they need old we're ordinary. Guess yeah, because they, they need us for slave labor, which they'll ensure via mind control. There we go. Wow. Fuck. Everyone else dies. Everyone. There we go. I think they so just. So they were like, let's do two and three just to hedge our bets. <laughs> just in case. Is there, I don't know. They're going to just be like, fuck it. Let's do all of them at once. Well, let's put some people in the ground. Let's take some people to the moon. as Because. Snarnak just needs to blow some holes in some fucking ozone <laughs> and give people skin cancer, but not the elites, because I like rich people. I don't like them dirty, poor, ordinary humans. <laughs> this is why they don't need you Martians don't need to be drinking. <laughs> Here's the plot twist. Oh, there's a twist. But, but I said one one of the people behind this book in the program was a uh, certain Christopher Miles. Christopher Miles. Uh, Miles later admitted in an interview, it's all made up. What? What? (laughs) But, hold on. I wouldn't have gone through that little roller coaster ride just to say it was all made up. I'm not going to waste your time. It was all made up. But um, as it turns out, they still entirely by accident landed near the truth. The truth being alternative three. They're taking people to... There's no talk of alternative one and two, but they're just so happened to be plans underway that happened to line up with this fictional story's alternative three yeah i see some researchers and remember kids what i've said in the past by what i mean when i say finger quotes some researchers (laughs) some researchers uh attribute for example reagan's space defense initiative to alternative three uh that program of the reagan era included a black budgeted space weapon system intended to defend us from extraterrestrials so we we take this little detour to to the 1970s because tesla himself did express you know particularly in his final days he did express his concerns to dc and he actually offered uh washington some of his own inventions for protecting us against extraterrestrials now, you know, once at this point later in Tesla's life, you know, he's living in debt. Uh, he was pretty desperate for money. So he granted the government complete access to his research for a small monthly stipend to live on. It All must right. have been very small because he died in so much debt and was hotel hopping. Right. He could have sold himself better than that. Right. Apparently it's a very now. crappy stipend. He needs an agent. He needed an agent. An agent. <laughs> As long as they've got a continental breakfast, (laughs) you've got yourself a deal. I'll protect you from the the rich loving aliens. All right. So let's let's wrap this first part up. By the 1920s, 
Tesla feared aliens. Uh, he had lived most of his life a skeptic, you know, thought the whole idea of aliens was a bunch of bunch of nonsense. But at this point, his late later in his life, after what he's heard and experienced himself, he's he's legitimately afraid of aliens. Yeah, and he's poor. Yes, they hate the poor people. <laughs> so so yeah, <laughs> he's on the chopping block. Yeah. So to quote Tesla once more. The signals are too strong to have traveled the great distances from Mars to Earth, so I am forced to admit to myself that the sources must come from somewhere in nearby space or even the moon. I am certain, however, that the creatures that communicate with each other every night are not from Mars or possibly from any other planet in our solar system. Uh, A quick note, just to adds some more legitimacy to all these goings on. There is another scientist dude who I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but let's say his name is Guglielmo Marconi. Guglielmo Guglielmo Marconi. It's got a lot of L's. It's too many L's to say in it. But anyway, Marconi also, he was was another scientist who also claimed to have heard uh, from an alien radio transmitter. So at least it wasn't just Tesla, that he had another contemporary uh, in his field that also had a similar experience. Wait a minute. Marconi. Like, wasn't there like a radio named Marconi? Like I have a, no idea. Like I a, brand, a brand of radio. <laughs> like, oh, now I gotta look that up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see. He was the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's see. According to the Wikipedia's, he was an Italian inventor and electrical engineer known for his creation of a practical radio wave-based wireless telegraph system uh, led to him being credited as the inventor of radio. Oh, okay. 1909 Nobel Prize in Physics <laughs> with uh, Carl Ferdinand Braun in recognition of the contributions to the development of wireless telegraphy. So like when I say he's a contemporary of Tesla, I mean, he's not some not just some Joe Blow. This is two, two real deal guys. Mm-hmm. Here it's oh, alien. Oh my God. Do you know why I knew what the Marconi was? The Marconi radio? The Marconi telegraph? I have a feeling you're going to tell us. Because that's what they were using on the Titanic. Oh! Oh, shit! Titanic, <laughs> alien, assassin, confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> like the only radio at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Still... Pretty cool. So, did Amelia Earhart also use the Marconi? <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> All right. So, fast forward to 1931. Tesla talks to Time Ma- to Time Magazine. In that Time interview, he said, and I quote, "I think that nothing can be more important than interplanetary communication. It will certainly come someday." And the certitude that there are other human beings in the universe working, suffering, struggling like ourselves will produce a magic effect on mankind and will form the foundation of a universal brotherhood that will last as long as humanity itself. On 1937, on his birthday, Tesla said, and I quote, I have devoted much of my time during the year past to the perfecting of a, of a new small and compact apparatus by which energy in considerable, considerable amounts can now be flashed through interstellar space to any distance without the slightest dispersion. And that was uh, him talking to the New York Times in 1937 on a Sunday, wow. July 11th, if you will. And so closes part one of our story. Done. 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 Next week, we'll start by learning about Nikola Tesla's visions. <gasps> he has visions. Okay. <laughs> Same little podcast of horror's time. <laughs> Same little podcast of horror's channel. Oh my gosh. Aliens. Thank you for listening to Little Podcasts of Horrors. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, got a true tale of the unexplained? Send us an email at littlepodcasthorrors at gmail.com 
or visit our website at littlepodcastofhorrors.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, join our Patreon. For $2 a month, get access to our private Discord server where we chat, game, and you'll get access to episode extras. Don't want to commit to a monthly subscription? Make a one-time donation through Spotify or buy us a coffee. All donations keep the lights on for the show and help us fund future on-location visits to haunted places. Links are in the episode description. Want to learn witchy stuff? Take a course with Bear Bridge Academy. You can also hire a witch or psychic at the Otso Salon. Be sure to use code LITTLEPODCAST for 20% off Bear Bridge courses and Otso services. Thanks for listening, my loves. Bye!